This week on the Derrick's Live Homeschooling, why we decided to own our children's education. Let's go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Derek's Live, the podcast for badass parents. My name is Sean. I'm here with my beautiful wife and co-host, Emily. Oh, Emily, how are you tonight? I'm good. Today or this afternoon or whatever time you're listening whatever. to this. It's uh, 11.50 p.m. on the East Coast here. It's late. It's late. It's cool. Love that stuff. All right, guys. Well, welcome to this week's episode. It's been a it's been a fun week, very uh, emotional week. We had a, a, a death in the family last week and uh, funeral or memorial this weekend, and then uh, some court stuff for another family member on Monday. That was a uh, a good good uh, outcome, and but a very emotional. Yes, it's been very draining. Yes. I'm ready for like, I don't know, six months off. <laughs> At the very least a vacation. Yeah. Well, this week we've, we've got a fun topic, Em. Uh, we talked uh, last week about Words of Power, and that was a pretty hot episode. We were a little over 2,000 views on YouTube with that one last week. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So we took showers this week. <laughs> for that guy. Yay comments. Yay comments. It's always fun. Someone said that we both look like we needed a shower. Um, so, unlike full disclaimer, we usually do this in the middle of the night after yeah. we've wrestled three toddlers into bed. We've done our exercises. We've cleaned the kitchen. We do need showers. So, like, yeah. Very observant of you. So, you... Uh, we also need a nanny if yes. you're interested. Yeah, if you're, if you're interested, <laughs> hit us up. It's uh, never a dull moment in the Derrick household and uh, always a shower needed, so... By one or more parties. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, Emily, we we decided that we wanted to kind of dive into homeschooling. Uh, a couple of people have asked us about it, how you're doing it, how are you, why are you crazy enough to do it? What's yeah, I always get that you to do yeah. it. You have lost your mind. Yeah, why would you do such a thing? So, but I, I think it's it's really been um, it's been very surprising for me. I know that uh, I. I I was pretty against homeschooling for a long time. Yeah. Long time. So, and I was homeschooled. So my mom homeschooled uh, me and my siblings. She started in kindergarten and I went all the way through third grade. I transitioned in a public school for fourth, fifth, sixth, and the seventh. And then I went back to homeschooling. Almost all of middle, middle school. school. But then you switched back right before high school? Yeah, so 8th and ninth, I homeschooled again, and then I finished out in public school 10, 11, 12. Okay. So I have a good kind of balance. I got to see every grade from both sides. Um, so you actually, so you went back and forth twice, yes. right? 
So how was the transition for you? Because I know like for me, like I had that real negative connotation towards homeschooling. Like you know, you in, I grew up in church and there's always those church kids that are homeschooled and they're, they're usually kind of weird. Um, they dress, um, rustic <laughs> or eccentric or eclectic, I guess is probably the, the, the better yeah. word. Um, that, you know, they're they're You can pick them out of a crowd. Yeah. Let's just say that. Right. And, and they're kind of having an odd temperament. They don't really communicate well with kids. That, that I had all those preconceived notions yeah. about homeschooling. Um, so I, my personality type is I'm very soft spoken by nature. Mm. I'm quiet. I've kind of always been the wallflower. I never like never been the social butterfly. If I if I walk into a room that's full of people, I'm very much like I'm just gonna watch. Yeah. Um, and so for me, homeschooling was it fit that much better. So it was much harder going into public school than it lended better to your personality. Right. Yeah. Um, and I always worked well, self paced versus like deadlines. I, when I don't have a deadline, I seem to just kind of flourish, but when I have deadlines, I procrastinate. (laughs) Um, so, so we, I, I, but I think it's important for people to understand that we were not on the same page. Oh no, like, yeah, no, you were, we were very much at and, odds. It and was, this was like a conversation we actually had way before we had kids. Yes. Like when we first got, like we were dating and yeah. we were talking, when we started talking, getting serious about like, hey, do we really want to spend the rest of our life together? Which was four weeks in. Yeah, right. It was pretty <laughs> quick, but, but nonetheless, we had those conversations. Um, and so it it was this topic that I was like, there's, there's, there's no, no way, way. Like, yeah. I, I'm never going to let you homeschool our kids. That would be insane. Every homeschool person that I know is like, they're never going to make it in a social like in world. It's just not going to happen. So I was pretty adamant, but it, something shifted. Well, but let's back up. How was your experience in public school? Was it positive? Oh no. <laughs> No, not at all. Um, actually, I had a conversation at work today about this topic, um, knowing that we were leading up and we were just kind of talking about this week's topic with somebody. And I'm kind of grateful that public school sucks so much. Um, we were talking about reading, and I think one of the things that about public school that you realize as an adult is that a lot of it's propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um Public school is very much like focused on creating a consumer um, that's going to be conformative to social norms or society um, expectations, and that's going to fall in line and 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 operate in a world that needs consumers and not really question the yeah. authority and the narrative that's you're, given. You're not supposed to question. Like you think about the the directives that are ingrained in you throughout education you know you don't question it's the, because i said so yeah and so um and we were even talking we were talking about ar books mm-hmm. and the points you get and how they incentivize certain subject matter and certain points um that are informative to their narrative in those things and how it like it really pushed us away from reading as kids because you were forced to to fit into this thing that like, no, you've got to do this instead of it. Hey, you get to do this. Um, but, but 
what what I was getting at was that it it was I'm, I'm kind of glad that I didn't fall into those norms and I I sucked so bad at school that I, I couldn't um, I had a really hard time staying on pace and because things didn't challenge me in a lot of ways yeah. I remember being in like seventh grade I think maybe eighth and I had this math teacher his name was Mr V and he had had this way that he wanted us to do these math problems and it was, it got you to the correct answer, but it wasn't the most efficient way to operate, like to, to work the problem out. Mm-hmm. And I had figured out this, this shortcut and he said, no, that shortcut doesn't work a hundred percent of the time. And I, I pushed back. I said, yes, it does. And he said, no, it doesn't. And I said, write a problem on the board and use the shortcut. It'll work. And so he, he ended up writing like 15 or 20 problems across the board before he just gave up. And I'm like, it, it, it works. Like, it's not like why. And it was like 50 to 60% less work than his way of doing it. But he didn't like, he couldn't appreciate that. It just pissed him off that there was. And so, but like, I always push back in school. Um, and I, because of that, I never really fell into line and, Mm -hmm. and I got expelled twice. Um, from the same school i don't know how that happens (laughs) um i was not like i was not a um i was not a good student by any stretch of the imagination the only way even it's it's a miracle that i even graduated because the the school that i went to had like this specialized program where if you got um if you could pass the the standardized test for the state and the ged test you could get a regular high school diploma I scored in like the top 5% in the state on the standardized test, but I flunked out of everything, but all you had to do was pass the test. And I was top 5% in the state on the Florida standardized testing and the GED test I took in my sleep. Um, so it wasn't that I didn't know it. I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So school sucked for me. I hated school. It was a chore and I didn't want to do a chore. I wanted to go have fun. <laughs> So, and the opposite was kind of true for me. I really enjoyed school. I loved projects. I loved papers. I loved exploring literature and books. I like, I, I read for fun. Um, but because of those aspects of it, I was not socially accepted. And so while you probably had more of a social life, I was, you know, I graduated the top, um, 3% of my class. I was, uh, not valid salutatorian so like not top of my class but like next in line i had a 4.3 gpa like better than a 4.0 superstar student yeah yeah and you know how we ended up together is a fucking miracle you know i mean it's just yin and yang yeah um you know though and and we didn't even talk about this but i will say one of the um and i'm sorry to, to throw this on you one of the things that I'm I'm really grateful for public education was it I think some of the most influential people in my life were teachers. Um I can pick out like four or five through my education that really were very formative in who I am today. Yeah. Um and I'm super grateful. I'm, I'm like trying not to cry yeah. even thinking about it. Um I'm super grateful. For some of the teachers that helped me get through 
um, who helped me get through shit. Um, but I didn't get it home sometimes, you know, they were outlets. Um, and the, the different people that were able to pour into me, um, because of that. And I think we do a good job homeschooling and, and allowing our, our kids to connect, um, outside of the home to adults. Yes. And so you can still do that homeschooling, but I think that is the one thing that I'm grateful for throughout my education is the people that I was able to come in contact with. Well, and they filled a void, yeah. right? So, and I think that there's, I'm so grateful for the teachers that don't fit the mold, right? Because there are teachers that kind of push against the, the, they the push against the education system. system. And, and, they, and I would say that every one of the influential teachers in my life were people like that. that. did that. Yeah. And thank God for those people because without them, they're really, you know, you really wouldn't have any chance of having exceptional people survive the school system. There are some phenomenal teachers, but the problem is they are not the norm. They are the exception. And I can name a handful of exceptional teachers, yeah. but every one of those exceptional teachers fights day in and day out with administration. They hate the education they system. They hate the politics of it. Yeah. They hate the common core, nonsensical, we're just going to change it for the sense of changing it. Yeah, well, and, and luckily, like, we didn't have to deal with a lot of the stupid shit that's going on now yeah. when we were in school. Um, it was just kind of getting started, I think, and it's very foundational I mean, we still had standardized testing and that yeah. was the beginning of what you know the pol- political aspect of school is now but it's it's much more prominent i would say now than it has ever been you graduated oh four right yeah and I, I graduated oh five um so just to give you some perspective on that timeline yeah um so we we didn't deal with a lot of like this the craziness that's going on in the education system today and and look you can you can say that it's not there, um, and, and it might not be where you're at. That's it, it, very, very well may not be, but we live in a um, a very, very far left-leaning county, um, and some of the stuff that they're trying to do here is, like, we've got literally have kids in our classrooms that are dressed as, like, furries, furries like rabbits and dogs, and they want to be addressed as as that. Um, so much so that like the local newspaper is picking up the stories so. like it's it's very prominent um you know and it's not uncommon for kindergarten first grade and second grade teachers to have talks about sexuality and identity and gender and it's just yeah, just just to listen is I, I think one and we can just kind of move into like what the deciding factors were for yeah. us like this was a big part of it yeah like we wanted to to be the person that had those conversations with our kids. It's not somebody else's job yeah. to talk to my daughter about her sexuality. It, it's just not. Um, she, she's seven. Well, it's, and at the time she was five. Yeah, I mean. And, and what five-year-old doesn't want to be an elephant? Right? <laughs> or a kangaroo or a tiger? <laughs> so, so like part of it, a big part of it was owning our children's innocence yeah. and their, you know, their formative identity and helping helping them make sound decisions um, on sound doctrine. Um, COVID was a big catalyst for us. Um, and and look, I don't I don't care. I don't want to get like super political here. It's it's not about that. We're a hey, do what you think is best for you, right? Um, but I think one of the things that 
that really was a big factor for us is we had a teacher that led our daughter to believe that if she came to school with a runny nose, she was going to murder somebody. Um, and express that in those words. Like verbalize that. Yeah. And so, so she was literally petrified. Our daughter was literally just shaking, afraid that she was going to kill somebody because she had allergies. So there was there was this like just emotional tug and pull of it um, where we're at. And we just decided that we didn't want to put our kids through the stress anymore. And the fucking trauma that was coming from this thing that was, I mean, nobody knew what it was. And so it was just getting way over. Um, the common, uh, It was missing the common sense element. Yeah. So like we don't tell five-year-olds that they're going to kill people. <laughs> like that's just common sense. Like we take precautions. We wash our hands, we blow our nose and we throw away the tissue. We don't sneeze in people's faces like common sense. And that aspect was really thrown out the window in so many regards that it it became this like out of proportion fear tactic that literally led their day to day life. And so we made it we made it through that first COVID school year. Um, there was like three or four months or two months basically at the end of the year that you know, they, they kept them home for a few weeks. Well, we started it, at home. Yeah. So in kindergarten, we started at home because everybody was at home. Well, no, because COVID started in like February, right? right? So, but that's, remember, we started August, September, and yeah. she started the very second nine weeks. Yeah. Um, because we weren't sure. We didn't You're know right. what was going right. on. Um, we had moved to this new county. Um, I was, I just had a baby. Mm-hmm. So we weren't, we didn't know all of the details. And, it was just kind of, yeah. so, we yeah, were doing the best we could. Best we could, right? With the information you had. Um, so at first we, we did, we kept her home because we were like, well, shit, we're not going to like send her to school to go die. Yeah. Because that's what everyone was leading you to believe. And then I think as pressure kind of backed off, it was like, all right, well, it's it's time to like, let's go live life but, yeah. and be like, not be stupid, but not like lock ourselves in a box either. Um, we made it through the first count, like school year. And we started the second school year very, like, cautiously pessimistic, I think. <laughs> there, there wasn't a lot of optimism. No. Um, because we went in for, um, like, parent-teacher, and it was just it's kind of a shit show, for a lack of better words. Yeah. Um, they didn't want parents on the school grounds. And-, and I'm like, guys, I'm not just, I'm not doing this for another year. Yeah. Um, and then our first grader at the time, she really started struggling like, through that first semester. instantly. I mean, we were only two weeks in, and they'd already shut down our pre... Our, so we have our... She was four at the time, so she was in VPK, and the VPK is actually yeah, at the I public mean, they're school. they're sending them home like three, four days a week anyway. Yeah. Um, but all that aside, B really, she struggled. Yeah, she um, was just... In she tears. was like coming home crying. <laughs> she couldn't figure stuff out. Teacher wasn't helpful. And and look, teachers got 25, 30 students in a classroom. It's not the teacher's fucking fault. I know that. But she was she was really having a hard time learning in that environment. Um, and I think we just got to this point that enough was enough. Yeah. Like we were just tired of of we didn't want her to get lost in the system, right? We had three teenagers. We had seen the struggle that they had. Um, at that point, we didn't um, have the financial means to 
want for one of us to stay home and and focus on education and so that was a big part of it too is that we're in a different financial place now and it wasn't a necessity for you to work um but going back to the the non-negotiables in our life a, a big part of that has been implementing those non-negotiables and walking them out and living them out in our lives yeah. and that's gotten us to this point absolutely um so that aside, um, we we just made the decision that it that it was enough was enough. It was time to do it, and you quit your job. Like you were working at the time, yeah. you were um, <clears throat> a health aide, and um, was it? I think you were like in a week. You were the kids were at home. Yeah, I mean, we basically made the decision. I submitted all of our paperwork in three days, and we everybody was home, and we had started schooling. So, and. I don't know that we haven't really looked back. It's been a whirlwind. And I think so we we did have um we did have some discussions about what it was going to look like um and what I felt like I put conditions on it. You did. Right? Um because I was not like even yeah, like at, at that point yeah. I was like I I really don't know about this, but I'm going to trust you. <laughs> I see the problem. I know that this is the solution, the only solution or the, the solution that makes the most sense. But I still am so afraid that I'm going to end up with like weird little kids in denim skirts. <laughs> and so I was like, just listen, you've got to socialize them. We've got to stay. We've got to have an activity. They all got to have their thing. And we've got to make sure that they're around other kids. And so I like just being truthful. I was not yeah. like hook, line and sinker. I wasn't there yet, but I was like, fuck it. We're jumping. So, And I think that we've been very purposeful to incorporate social things every, uh, oh, I mean, every so much. Week. So, you know, and we'll talk a little bit that, about that in a minute, but we've been very purposeful to not like, sequester ourselves off from the rest of the world we are very much like what can we go out and do how can we help people what can we do that we're talking to other people and not just children but adults people your own age people younger people older um and being who they are in their most innocent and true self and i this was the the cool thing for me is that when we made this decision when we finally did jump we finally got to see each of our children in these beautiful full lights that, and our oldest who's seven, I think it's the most visible with her. So when she was in kindergarten, God bless her. She would doodle on everything. Oh, everything. I mean, the walls, the bed, the sheets, the jacket, her arms, like Anything artistic, like she would, I wanted to cut my hair because I wanted to see what the angle would look like. like, Okay. (laughs) And can I tell you that as a parent, there's two very different perspectives because when you're the parent that's been working all day long and you're coming home and you're trying to get dinner ready and the kids are being assholes because they've been at school all day long and they didn't have a very nourishing meal probably while they were there um, because we're cheap and we didn't pack a lunch. We sent them for school lunch. Or they didn't like what you packed. Or they didn't like what you packed. Happens happens all all the time. time. 
so, but anyway, everybody's in a crappy mood because it's seven o'clock and we're trying to get dinner on the table. And now one of the kids is drawn on the bathroom door. Yeah. The perspective's very different there <laughs> when you've been home nurturing that kid all day long and you understand that they need an artistic outlet in their life yeah. and they haven't gotten that all day. And not only that, it was like a, an actual fight against like the, the kindergarten teacher actually had such an issue with her doodling on her papers that she was taking points off of our off kindergarten paper. paper, like her homework. She was taking points off because like, she doodled on it. Did, did she do the work? <laughs> like, yes. Just leave her the fuck alone. It's a, it's a picture. <laughs> Who and, cares? And she's five. <laughs> and like it was just destroying who she was because this little beautiful artist in the making was literally being told, like, if you do this, you are literally not succeeding. Everything that you work for means nothing if you draw on this. And if you're raising a Picasso or if you're raising a Rembrandt or if you're raising the next Walt Disney, there's going to be doodles. There's going to be messes. It's going to be funny and chaotic and absolutely like hair pulling out crazy. But that's what an artist looks like. And when you kill that, you don't know what you're losing in the. Well, we were, we were talking about it before. Like if we, if we hadn't made this decision, we might not even know that she was like, because we were just kind of oblivious to it before and and shame on us for that but damn it man like the the thought that like we were this close to her never being or never having the opportunity is just mind-blowing well and for her it's her leveling like it's how she talks very much so it's how she communicates and figuring that out because we became her teachers now we get to use art to teach her everything, everything else. So she's interested in history because there's artists throughout history. She's interested in angles and geometry because that's what shapes are. That's how you make the things that she draws. And so now we're using rulers and protractors with a seven-year-old because she wants to understand how angles work and what dimension looks like. She wants to understand how shadows move. Yeah, I think that it's it's been really like one, that's one of the things that honestly has surprised me the most is how much it's changed her perspective on learning um, because it's changed it from like learning is this chore or this task that I'm required to do to, hey, I love doing this. And if I learn how to do this, too. It'll make this better. Everything, yeah. Everything ties back to who you are and being the best version of you. And so she's literally, she's she's doing things and trying to figure things out because it it adds to her her worth and her fun. Yeah. Um, And it just, it changes it. It really, man, it just, she'll see a book at the store that's about like a kid artist or, um, you know, it'll be about, something that she really likes and she's like, Oh, I want to read that one. Yeah. Um, because you've, you've nurtured that out of her and, and, and enable her to like, if you ask this kid what she's going to be, she, I, I'm going to be an artist. Yeah, there is no hesitation. Uh, I'm, I'm an artist. I'm an artist. Right. And so shameless plug, check out her Facebook page, uh, art by B. Uh, we just, we started that for her a, a couple weeks ago and every now and then 
we're just dropping. Yeah, um, I'm trying to do it at least once a week because so yeah. she started at like technical art classes with a like published artist yeah. um, who's also an illustrator and has been doing art for. So 30, she does a lesson every week. Every week. Um, so I'm at the very least I'm uploading her art so we can kind of track her progress. But as she does stuff at home, I'm also going to try and put that on there, but yes, please follow along, check her out, see what she's doing, encourage her because it really, um, it's just, it's exciting to see somebody blossom at such a young age. I think it's, it's one of the coolest gifts that we get as a parent is to see our kids figure out who they are and then help them become the best version of that yeah right i think if if you're not doing that guys you're missing it like you're you're really missing it if you're just putting your kids to the ringer of school for school's sake shame on you like you need to figure out what makes that kid tick figure out who they are and let them become the best version of that and you know what if if that's a doctor, then push them to, to do the things that doctors need to do. That's okay. But, but man, if, if that's, if that's a model, school looks a lot different. Yeah. You know, if, if that's, um, a sports announcer, school looks a lot different. What's important looks a lot different. Well, and I think that that's kind of where I think that education as a whole has missed the mark that, we are all these different beings, right? We, we're all, so like, let's say shapes, we're pegs, right? But, and we've got round pegs and triangle pegs and star pegs. And what you have is this, you know, rough square hole that we're just trying to slam everybody down into. And you're, you're taking all of the extra stuff and it just kind of shaves off so that everybody fits this peg, and we're not all gifted with the same talents. We're not all built the same. We don't all, and thank God for that, because how boring would that be? Not to mention, like, our country would look terribly different if we all did the exact same thing day in and day out. Thank God for the people that break molds. Yeah, right. But, like, recognize that your your children, even at a very young age, are unique and are have individual strengths and weaknesses. And... We've read so many books, but one of the favorite things that I've kind of pulled, um, and I can't even tell you which book we read it from, is, but they were talking about if my child is a superstar in math, but is flunking every literature class that they take, I'm hiring them a literature teacher. But in reality, you should be hiring them a math coach because where they're strong, let them be amazing. Yeah. And the weakness will will balance out or it won't matter. Like the reality is, think about your school experience. Where, what did you learn? What were you good at? And what did you end up doing as a job? It probably wasn't the thing that you hated in school. Yeah. <laughs> so the, yes, you should try to be successful in the things that you come in contact with. But the, the reality is you're not going to be the best at everything, but be the best at something. And whatever that is, pursue that with all of your heart and find that out for help your children figure that out and help them grow and nurture in that because, oh my God, watching them blossom and flourish in their gifting, there's not anything better as a parent to watch. (laughs) So, but we were also talking about our five-year-old and how kind-hearted and tender 
she is and that that kindred spirit that she has. And this realization that she would just be this quiet teacher's pet, probably not liked wallflower because you she would just be the person that wanted to get things done without making a fuss. She's got such an old soul for a (laughs) five-year-old. And she's just that personality. Like when people talk to her and they meet her for the first time, um, we often hear like, hey, like there's something different about that one. She's special. Um, And she loves so big. Oh, so like she just is just. It just, I can't even, you can't even explain it. Yeah, She's just so tender. Um, you know, but we, we were talking about like what would have happened if, yeah. you know, if she had to be in, in a room with 30 kids and just conform and she would miss so much of her, like you just miss, who, miss she was. who she was. We would probably miss who she was because again, you're coming home from that, that nine to five and trying to put dinner on the table and rush through homework and run the process and, you know, go do the club once a week or whatever they're doing. And like, it just, it changes your, changes your pace. Yeah. Not only your perspective, but it changes your pace. Um, and it, it changes what's important to you. I think when your, your focus is, is that. So, and I think, there, there's some things that we've that you do very purposeful um, to make that human connection and to be able to kind of see and help pull those things out of them. Um, and one of the cool things that I think that that I've seen in every week you do a state park. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily's mom got the girls a, a state park pass for Christmas last for the, year. No, for their birthday. It's for their birthday. Yeah, so July. Okay, I mean that's coming up. We're gonna have to renew that. Yeah, I guess it's not. I mean, we're halfway. We're halfway. And we've we've done a state park literally every week, yeah. a different state park every week since August. And it, it's been a lot of fun. Sometimes I go, sometimes I'm working. I don't I don't always get to go. Um but there you're doing hikes, um, swimming and like we've got some beautiful springs in our state. And so the girls are getting to swim in some of the springs, doing some gardens. Uh, and it's interesting because that's not necessarily a social because typically we go in the middle of the week. Most kids are in school. But what happens because we're a, a younger family with small children is the, all of the... Uh, uh, the snowbirds? No, well, the people that work there. The rangers. The rangers, the rangers. Um, are very purposeful, like... Tell me about what you're learning. Yeah. And then they'll like, they'll go in like, this is what this park was founded on. And this is where they get it a lot of one-on-one mm-hmm. time with those people. And they get to, to be a, it, it's really cool to see a, an older person's face light up when they're talking to your kids. Yeah. And I think we we, I know sometimes as a dad, um, especially with like men, like old dudes that try to walk up and touch my little girls. I'm like, don't you, don't touch my kid. Um, and so sometimes Emily's got to like, she's got to grab my arm. She's like, Sean, don't hit him. He's just trying to, he's just being, I'm like, no, he's a little too close. <laughs> um, so, but, and we have different views on that because I've done senior care work yeah. the majority of my adult life and some of my teenage life I've worked with seniors. And so there, 
there really is this, when you don't have children at home, you miss it. And so it's this beautiful thing getting to see it through their vantage point. Like you really are going to miss this. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't blink because there's so much happening in this chaos when you're ready to pull your hair out and having that vantage point so frequently is such a good reminder. Like in, in this crazy mess that we call life, this, this really is what it's all about and you're going to miss it when it's gone. So cherish every single moment and, and just embrace it. And we've had like just people come up and like, tell us about the state parks and what animals they've seen. We had, it was really fun. We went to, um, Silver Springs a couple of weeks ago and there was a guy walking and we were like, have you seen the monkeys? Cause apparently there's monkeys at Silver Springs. <laughs> there are, I've not seen said monkeys, but he pulled out his phone and I'll be darned if he didn't have a hundred pictures of the monkeys and he was showing the girls like, this is where they hang out. And I have pictures on my phone and he was really kind yeah. and like very appropriate and it was just this this cool moment to see them like light up like oh my gosh there's really monkeys in florida and to have that one-on-one interaction where we're not fighting with 25 other students mm-hmm. and you know a mound of homework we got to just enjoy that experience well, and you got to see somebody else enjoy yeah. like the the youthfulness of your children too. Yeah. Like, like it made somebody else's day brighter. Because uh, probably their day got brighter, yeah, right? way brighter than ours did. And, and so then you've, you, as you're, I think one of the cool things though, like we got to do a, a park and we, we did a hike um, at a local park here and watching the girls like get excited about different things on the hikes, you know, look at the color on the flower. Um, like, our, our seven-year-old, the artist, is very much into like, oh, my God, that's a beautiful flower. Mm-hmm. Look how pretty that is. Um, look at this. Look at the – there's a shape in the tree. And the other one's like, oh, my God, did you see the cockroach? Look <laughs> at the lizard. Look, there's a spider over there. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's going to be like our zoologist or something. Yeah. She's, she loves animals. Mm-hmm. And and so it's, it's really cool to see what's important to each of them as you're going through. Yeah. And you really – you, you get to see some of those identity things come out. And and so through that, we started doing a lot of uh, museums. Um, Emily was telling me, and I, I didn't get to see this. I was working, but. And it, it was totally on accident because we went to, so we live near Gainesville. And so Gainesville has a lot of museums and there's a natural history museum. And we went there first and it was, they had the dinosaur exhibits and our five-year-old was just all about the dinosaur exhibits. But right next door, which was our not planned, was an art museum, and it was included in our pass. Yeah, we've got this awesome <laughs> annual pass. We'll we'll put it up on <laughs> the um, on the website. Yeah, we have a link to it. Um, but it includes like so many different science centers. It includes several museums, and locally it includes the majority of the museums that are local. And our we went into the art museum, and the art museum in Gainesville actually does a really good job because they actually have children's coloring books and that are just black and white images of art throughout the museum. So, so you're, cool. you're, and they hand your child the coloring book with a pack of color pencils so that your child can actually color their version of the art that's in the museum. But our seven-year-old went in with 
not only the coloring book, but she went in with her sketchbook Mm -hmm. and her pencil. And she got to this point where we were sitting in this section of the museum that was kind of walled off. And there were these gigantic paintings that were probably six feet tall. And it hit her in such a way. I like art. But art doesn't make me emotional. Mm -hmm. I've never. But seeing her, she got emotional. This seven-year-old who... struggled to learn to write her name. The seven-year-old who couldn't count past 10 until six months ago sat in an art museum to the point of tears because she saw what she could be. And she believed, she knows that her art's going to be in a museum someday. And she saw that up at the wall and she sat down and she said, Mom, I can do this too. I've never walked into a museum and thought that I was capable of something so great. But raising children that know their worth and know their value and are not afraid to say, I can do this. I will do this is worth more than any public education could ever offer them. Yeah. And I got to be there. It wasn't a field trip that I missed because I had to work. It wasn't something she missed out on because she had behavior issues, which was, would be very likely. Yeah. Instead, it was watching our seven-year-old describe to her sisters, this is what they did. They used this kind of paint. Mm -hmm. I can show you that in my art book. Because she knew not only the technique, but the type of talent that it would require to make something so massive. I mean... That was a whole year's worth of school in a few minutes. And that will stay with her for the rest of her life. That will be the one of the defining moments that she looks back on and says, that, that's when I knew that I knew who I was. And I never doubted a moment since. There's, there's so many moments that you miss out on when... When you don't get to do it, like when you're, when you outsource your (laughs) kid's education and it's, it's so sad to put it that way. And look, I I still work. I miss out on a lot of stuff and it sucks sometimes. Like there are days I'm like, fuck man, I I wish I would have been there. I gotta, I'd have paid any amount of money in the world to get to stand in there and watch what you just described. Um, but I'm so grateful that it got to happen. And had we not done this, it wouldn't have got to happen. She'd have been sitting in a classroom with 24 other students getting yelled at for doodling on her paper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
And there's so much value in that. But I know like early on, you really struggled. Like when we started this, like you struggle with what homeschooling was supposed yeah. to look like. Yeah. Um, I, I remember we had a lot of discussions of like, like, hey, are, are you supposed to do an hour of this and an hour of that and an hour of that? Like, well, do you have to do it every day? Can yeah. you do a subject matter each day throughout the week and just do a whole day? Like, we didn't know. And so we we kind of like just winged it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we tried a bunch of different things. Yeah. Um, and I... I really started to connect with other people that have been doing, um, that have been homeschooling for many, many years and several people that have been doing it for many, many decades. Um, I've befriended a woman who homeschooled all of her children who now are in college and beyond and now is homeschooling her grandchildren. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Is that the book lady? No, this is the she's the lady that does our um, evaluations. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and but I've surrounded myself with with our we have surrounded our family with people that are knowledgeable about homeschooling and working within your giftings and working within your children's giftings and recognizing that school doesn't look the same and. Usually when it's successful, it looks absolutely nothing like what you see in a classroom. The most successful days are typically the days that are covered in finger paint or that we have spent the entire day outside. Those are the days that our children will look back and, hey, do you remember when we did? So a, a few weeks ago, we were having a couple of really off days. We had had the flu and... We had been stuck inside for three days and we didn't open a book at all. And so finally we all started to feel better. And I was like, we're getting outside and we're going to bring all of our school books and we're going to go outside. And everyone was like, we're outside and we're doing schoolwork. This is so boring. (laughs) And like, it was like pulling teeth. And I was like, okay, idea. And I threw the math worksheets out on the table and I'm like, okay, you have to do five problems. And then you have to run up the slide, cross the monkey bars, jump down and then go and do a somersault on the trampoline and then come back and do two more math problems and then you're going to go to the ropes course to do pe and math and it but it became this competition of how quickly can i get through the problems and get them right so i can go back to the obstacle course and that has like now they request hey can we go out and do math outside and do it on the obstacle course like every day (laughs) it it changes the way learning looks Mm -hmm. right and Learning could look like whatever you want it to look like. And we struggled with that in the beginning, right? Like it was like, oh, we got to print out some worksheets and teach them how to do two steps. Do I need to go buy desks and chairs? And do we like, do we need a, do we need a homeschool classroom (laughs) with stuff all over the wall? And like, I don't know. Like we, we really struggle with that. We put stuff up on the wall and, um, like decorated and like, oh, we're going to have a classroom. And like reality is we, we really don't use the classroom. It looks cute. It's cute, right? And it's our library and we sit in there but it's not but I mean honestly I know several teachers and every year they decorate their classroom and it basically does the same thing like it looks cute but it's not like it it doesn't do anything it's just there (laughs) so but it's it's really changed um it's changed everything we do 
mm-hmm. um, because everything you do becomes a teaching moment. Yeah. And finding the teaching moment in everything is fucking cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know, we were walking um, down downtown Port Ritchie last weekend, and we walked in that little art shop. And the same thing happened. I, I'm, we're just finding artists all over the place now. And Brianna went up and introduced herself to the lady that owned the art shop. And, she, and Brianna told her, I'm an artist. And the lady got so excited. And she's like, well, do you know that I have a budding artist's exhibit and you can be featured in in our artist so, yeah. so like instantly it turned into the, like this little entrepreneurship lesson yeah. about being an artist um bell found a a little lizard or something and we were talking about <laughs> like why the lizard was it was cold out it, for florida it was kind of chilly it was chilly yeah. and the lizard was kind of shivering and chilling and like cuddling up to her and she was she didn't understand why he was doing that so it turned into like this little teaching moment what is the difference between warm-blooded and cold-blooded and why the lizard was warm in her hand and why that made a difference and so she literally went on this walk with this lizard for probably 15 minutes (laughs) and the lizard just hung out like on her arm (laughs) and eventually he was like deuces i i gotta i'm nice and toasty now i'm out of here and it broke her little heart (laughs) um but uh but it's it's kind of crazy how how everything really does become like some type of just little lesson, yeah. um, because you're looking for those moments, and when you work that nine to five and you got to come home and put dinner on the table, you're not looking for those moments. You're trying to get the kids in bed so you can have a moment of peace. And we have those, like, yeah. understand, like, this is not easy. <laughs> no, it's, there are days, like, like we were talking about this, or like, you were like, today sucked. Like, I'm ready for bed. Yeah. You know, those, those days happen. Like, there's days that you, like, it's a shit show. Yeah. But it's your shit show. Yeah. And you got to decide what the shit show looked like. So. And we all came out on the other side of it, for the most part, unharmed. Yeah. And, you know. All the emotional damage. Well, <laughs> and, and this is something that we don't really talk about. But when you send your children off for six, seven, eight hours a day, you don't really know what. You have no clue. What's going on. What's being said. What's being done. And you hope. God, you hope. And you pray that your children are safe. But the peace of mind, at the very least, that, you know, we are doing a great majority of the growing and the learning in a safe and healthy environment. And that we're the the main people that are influencing what our children are learning is is great peace of mind. It's it really is knowing that like we get to pick the values that we get to pass on to our grandchildren because it's it's our legacy. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's our legacy, and I want our legacy to be like badass motherfuckers, <laughs> right? I don't want no pussies. Like, there ain't no room for pussies anymore in the Derek legacy. Um. I want to control, like, I want to be the one that gets to influence that. I want it to be our values and our non-negotiables. And 
this, this is the way to do that. Um, so if you're just joining us in this episode, and we've said this, this thing, non-negotiables a couple of times, if you go back in our podcast, we have a series of seven non-negotiables. And we talk about the foundation of what it is to become the, the badass parents, the person that you're, the parents that your children deserve, the spouse that your spouse deserves. And the, the beautiful and really tremendously awesome thing that we have gotten to see firsthand is that once we applied these values for ourselves and we understood them and we saw them work, we began teaching them to our children. And that's part of their schooling. And we're not having, they're not having to learn these values at 35, 36 years old. Mm-hmm. They're learning them at two and five and seven. And it's becoming their personality and it's shaping how they do everything. Their whole, their whole day is shaped around these non-negotiables. And everything we do touches on these things and becomes their value system that shapes them. And that's the beauty of homeschooling that when you decide that this is this is worth the risk. This isn't the easy thing. Please trust me when I tell you this is not the this easy is the way. This is the hard thing. <laughs> this is not the easy way out. It would be so <laughs> much easier to put those fuckers on a school bus every morning. Yeah. And hope for the best. But they're worth more than a little bit of hope. So much more than that. And so much more than that. We are willing to risk it all to give them the very best chance at becoming the greatest version of themselves. And in the process, we get to watch it happen. And we're literally living it day by day, watching these tiny little humans become magnificent people who love big and see the world in a way that I only wish I could understand. And there's so much excitement and adventure and just wisdom and seeing the world through their eyes, even for just a second. And I wish I could say that I've, I have taught them everything they know, but the reality is they're teaching me day in and day out how to see things differently and how to explore and how to be spontaneous and see the beauty in the absolutely mundane things that I've missed for 35 years. And I wouldn't trade it for a second. It's been pretty special. And uh, every day gets to be an adventure. Um, And so listen, I, I know there's some of you guys that are listening to this, like there's just, there's no fucking way I can do that. Like there's just no way. Um, I, I want to encourage you to to. Start working towards it, right? You might not be able to today. Like that's just not your reality. Um, you might be a single parent and there's bills to pay and there ain't nobody else. And I get that. What I would encourage you to start doing is setting the goal and figuring out how to move towards it for you. F- master those non-negotiables and start fucking crushing it so that you can get to where you want to be. There's a lot of freedom that comes with financial blessing. And if you can get to the 
financial part, there's some freedom that comes with that. It's not about the money. It's about the freedom that comes with the money. Absolutely. But for those of you that are listening thinking like, oh, I can't do that. I'm just not, I'm not mentally capable. I don't know that I don't have the schooling, the knowledge, the this, the that. Stop fucking telling yourself that. Nobody's got the mental knowledge and capacity to homeschool. They just don't. There are millions of parents that figure it out every year. And I can guarantee you that the focused, loving, and devoted education that you give your child will be leaps and bounds better than any public education they will ever receive. And you don't have to do it yourself. There are a ton of resources. Knowledge follows action. Take action and you'll figure it out. Just jump. So um, we are going to introduce something a little new on our website. We're going to have our very first blog post this week. Um, And it's going to just kind of be a how-to, where to start. If you're thinking about like logistics on how to homeschool, um, specifically in the state of Florida, because that's where we're at. But there will be some links on how to find information in your state if you're not in Florida. Um, just how to get started. And just because yeah, there's, there's every state has some type of legal requirement yep. or a standard that you have to meet, um, some type of portfolio you have to keep in Florida here that we have to prove progress and stuff like that. So, um, what we're going to do is put it, put together a little blo- a, blo- a post that's will. Kind of give you some resources to figure out what that looks like for you. So, and I'll, as always, we're on social media. We're real people yeah. doing this day in and day out. Please feel free. If you have questions, if you just want to chat, if you started homeschooling and you're just overwhelmed, reach out to us. I would love to have a conversation with you. I text, I chat on Messenger. I would love to have a phone call yeah. with anybody that it just has to has a question or wants to talk or maybe doesn't understand it. We're here to help in that scenario. And we don't have all the answers. We're kind of figuring this out as we go along. But I can tell you that from our experience, there is not anything more valuable than the lessons that we've learned along the way. Yeah. The answers we don't have, I uh, will tell you, we'll find them for you. Yeah. Um, so websites, uh, the Derek's check that out at the Derek's And then make sure you're following us on Facebook, uh, post a lot of updates and, and content there, uh, the Derek's live and then individually, uh, Emily, Derek, and, uh, I'm Sean Jason, Derek on <laughs> Facebook. You can find me there. Um, I went by Jason in, in school, so I keep it around so that yeah, there's a lot of people from middle and high school that only know you by Jason. Yeah. <clears throat> it's kind of where you're out in like Walmart and someone's like, yo, Jason. <laughs> like no one's called me that in 15 years, bro. <laughs> so it's weird, but it happens. So Really cool on our website too. We actually have some uh, Derek's Live swag. Oh, yeah. So Go get your badass parent shirt and yeah. your badass in the making shirt. So our swag should be here probably this week, right? Yeah, I think so. It should be any day. So we'll have some samples probably for our next podcast to show. But uh, we're uh, we're so excited that you're on this journey with us. 
thank you for becoming the very badass parent, the very best badass parent your children deserve. We're, uh, we're excited to do this with you. Fuck your excuses. Jesus fucking loves you. Deuces. Good night, guys. 